There is no denying that when you are in a high-level role, you're, I mean, you've grown out of the ability to just walk away when you hit a certain number of hours, right? No one is encouraging you to take off early or to use those vacation days. But why do we fall into the habit of just allowing ourselves to work incredibly long hours? We extend working hours outside the office because it is the only chance we get to think. Your job is to rewire your brain with the power of your own mind. That's what neuroplasticity is all about. That's what the human experience is all about. To uncover and rediscover what we are. Human beings, feeling and thinking beings. And by doing so, creating our experience from a moment-to-moment basis. Expand your consciousness into a world where mindfulness meets neuroscience. My name is Fernanda Lind, and I am your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Where to Win show. I want to begin today's conversation with asking you a question. How many hours do you work each week? Because according to a Harvard Business School study, CEOs work an average of 62 and a half hours every single week. And it is not uncommon for any high-level leader to work more than 50 hours a week. Now, I want to ask you another question. What would you do if you could consistently shave 10 hours off your work week? Like, think about that, what that would mean to you. What that time would mean to you. It would allow you to focus on your family, I bet, on your well-being, hobbies, your goals outside of the workplace. For those who have lived for years with our lives scheduled to the very last minute, we know that 10 extra hours a week would be life-changing. And as someone who has cut their work week by at least 10 hours, I can attest that it is. So in this episode, I want to show you how you can do it too. And I think you're going to be surprised by what I'm about to say. As executives, as leaders, we really first must understand how we spend our time. Our roles and responsibilities are very different. So how you spend your 60 hours a week is slightly different than any other listeners. But I want to look at some trends here. Again, the Harvard study I mentioned earlier was the first comprehensive study of how CEOs spend their time over an extended period. 27 CEOs committed to a full three months of monitoring. And this gets really interesting, by the way. Their executive assistants coded their time in 15-minute increments, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And after the period of data collection... Researchers had a whopping 60,000 hours of CEO time to analyze. And here's what they found. The leaders worked an average of 9.7 hours each weekday and 3.9, so almost four hours daily on weekends. They even worked on average for over two hours a day on 70% of their vacation days. And as CEOs completed only about half of all those work hours in office, the rest were done during business travel, meetings with external stakeholders, commuting, and at home. Face-to-face interactions accounted for over 60% of the CEO's working time. In comparison, 
24% was spent on electronic communications, and the remaining was on phone calls and written correspondence. So about 36% of their time at work was spent in reactive mode, just handling unfolding issues. Over 10% of each workday was spent on routine duties, like from earnings calls to reviewing meetings. The CEOs in the study spent 72% of their total work time in meetings. Let me just say that again, because, oh my God, 72% of their total work time was spent in meetings. On average, leaders have 37 meetings in any given week. And over a quarter of those lasts for more than an hour. I mean, I oof, I feel like this is another episode just called like meetings. But again, coming back, all the executives on this study spent very little of their work time alone. And those times were fragmented, just a little bit of a few minutes here and there. And this, the researchers explain, is likely why so many executives work extended hours outside the office, because it's the only chance we get to actually think. So let me repeat that. And I want you to pay attention here, dear listener, because this is important. And I'm going to show you why later. We extend working hours outside the office because it is the only chance we get to think. Hmm. During the six hours a day when the CEOs in the study were awake and not working, researchers found that executives spent about half of the time with their families and about two hours each day were used as downtime, meaning like reading or watching television or maybe, I don't know, partaking in hobbies. But this study is important because it gives us deep insight into how other executives, how leaders, how they spend their time. And again, it creates a shared sense of community, a rarity in careers where mostly, again, fly solo. So the question is, why are we working such long hours then? Well, there is no denying that when you are in a high-level role, you're, I mean, you've grown out of the ability to just walk away when you hit a certain number of hours, right? You're not really punching in and out. No one is encouraging you to take off early or to use those vacation days. But why do we fall into the habit of just allowing ourselves to work incredibly long hours? Why do we work on weekends, on holidays, even when we know that we deserve a personal life too? And yeah, we can blame it at least partially on the fact that the average work week has gotten longer for everyone recently. According to the BBC, at the end of 2021, workers worldwide were putting in an average of 9.2 hours of unpaid overtime per week, up from 7.3 hours a year before. And the pandemic blurred even more the lines between personal and professional time with many people working remotely all hours of the day. So sometimes long hours are a symptom of seeking status or acceptance. I mean, if you remember our conversation here on the podcast about imposter syndrome, when you feel like you may not belong in the role you have, you're more likely to overwork to prove that you are committed, that you're capable. Plus, once you enter the top tiers of the corporate world, there's a certain amount of social pressure, again, to keep up. And again, being exhausted can be seen as a 
bizarre trophy, a shared currency that actually proves that, you know, you are very important. When I hear the statistics from the Harvard study, one thing that jumps out at me is that on average, CEOs have about two hours a day for anything non-work and non-family related. Ten hours, Monday to Friday. And it's not much when you consider everything that must fit into it. And yet, this data seems to imply that long days and 50-plus hour work weeks are just the norm for high-level leaders. So then, what is the problem? Why should you try to cut that time down if no one else seems to be doing it? So numerous studies have linked working more than 40 hours per week to physical and mental health issues, difficulty maintaining relationships, substance abuse, and more. Plus, each hour you work past 40 puts you at a greater risk for burnout and productivity becomes non-existent once you pass 50 hours. So just let that sink in. If our goal is to be sustainable leaders who can remain innovative, inspiring, happy, we cannot let burnout into our lives. And we certainly are not going to sign over hours to our work that are not even useful. And again, we deserve to have careers that we want, but we also deserve to have a full and rich life. And that includes more than just our jobs. That includes spending time recharging, being creative and enjoying our relationships. And to enjoy all that facets of a fulfilled life, we must create time for those things. So what is the solution then? Well, and again, pay close attention here because the solution is to stop using time as your only leverage for getting shit done at work. I'm certainly not the only person thinking about how to shave time off of the workday. I mean, head to any coach's social media, you're going to see dozens of posts devoted to ways to cut time off your work week. Tim Ferriss made millions of dollars convincing people that they could have their work time down to four hours a week if they just followed his advice, right? I mean, I bet all of you here listening have read the four-hour work week. But here is how I am different from other coaches and how the rewired program and what I teach is different from other mentoring programs, I'm never going to try to convince you that you can create more time in your week by focusing on becoming more productive through hacks or using special tools. Because here's what I know, that for real change to happen, we must go deep. Hundreds of thousands of blog posts, podcast episodes, coaching programs are aimed at improving your work speed. They will try to convince you that if you just use the perfect scheduling tools, you can eliminate all your distractions and make, you know, your time work for you or whatever their tagline is. You've probably seen all different types of suggestions for the optimal way to work, like breaks every certain number of minutes, like the Pomodoro technique and completing two quick tasks before each longer task. And there are even Quote unquote, here experts who try to convince you that you can maximize productivity by following a perfect morning routine. <laughs> I bet you all have read that book too. So, most of which starts hours before your workday, like drastically shortening your sleep time. Look, will some of those tricks and tips help? Sure. But they are not what's going to really move the needle for you. More than anything, the excitement around trying something new to improve your productivity will be what makes you marginally more productive. 
you want it to work, so you put more effort into it. But few of these hacks are sustainable. If you try to follow more than one or two, you're going to find that they are contradictory, like just time-consuming and really challenging to build into habits. Another tactic you may have run into is people peddling innovations that are nothing more than idealized work conditions that are far from realistic. Advice like don't allow any interruptions during your work hours. I mean, oh my God, who invented that? It's, yeah, we would all love to have solid eight hours with no interruptions, but it's never going to happen. I mean, that's delusional. And someone telling you things like stop procrastinating. Or worse, eliminate time thieves. I mean, it's not even worthwhile. So when it comes to cutting down on your work hours, the only options that seem to be readily available are productivity hacks, or again, those overgeneralized suggestions tantamount to changing your (laughs) entire personality. Like there's got to be another way, right? Well, here's how we really solve it. So take notes. You have to stop thinking of time as your only leverage for getting stuff done at work. You have to stop with the delusion that tools and hacks are going to move the needle when it comes to your performance. You must realize that the only way to skyrocket your productivity is to rewire your brain and to teach it to focusing on impact, creating more impact, more output with less input, to teach it to, again, focus and get into flow states of mind. you got to realize that attention is your most valuable asset, not your time. You have to learn to manage your energy and not your calendar. Again, you cannot outperform your energy, your physiology, or your state of mind. And that's why you must rewire your brain to make it work for you. So again, avoiding all the gimmick hacks. And once you have done the work of rewiring your brain to stop overworking once and for all, you're going to find that you are actually likely to get more accomplished each day. Limiting your working hours means You're better rested, have time for your well-being. You're not bitter that your entire day is consumed by meetings, phone calls, emails. And you will have room for innovation and optimization. And your brain will be ready for it. And the goal here is not to eke out more productivity by making yourself work at a breakneck speed for eight hours a day instead of a more leisurely 10 hours. And it's certainly not to learn how to do the bare minimum. I mean, we're high achievers and we want to be satisfied with that. We want to wire our brains for peak performance. And this is why I'm sharing how to do just that. You can improve efficiency and make the most of your now reduced work hours by tapping into your brain's executive suite. And that executive part of the brain, as we know, the lion mind, is responsible for the mental processes that helps us connect past experiences with present action. And the executive function of the brain, as you know, it includes reasoning and problem-solving, planning, execution. When your brain's executive suite is functioning at peak performance, you get more work done through regulating emotions, suppressing your biases, switching tasks, solving complex problems, thinking creatively. 
Neuroscientist Dr. Tara Swartz says that when your day is full of repetitive tasks, to-do lists, constant interruptions, it switches into what she calls low-power mode. A low-power mode brain's main objective is to get through the day safely. As we know, the dog mind, the primitive part of the brain, looks for safety. So it seeks the path of least resistance and is avoiding valuable functions like collaboration, trust, and risk-taking. And conversely, the prefrontal cortex, when it's high-powered up, it is excited, energized by complex tasks and problem-solving. That is when we want, of course, to activate. And that will, of course, propel us to being more effective and getting us to the next level. Shaving 10 hours of your executive work requires taking good care of your brain, like period. It really demands that. And part of taking care of those functions is creating the time and the space to do so. It is a cyclical process and intertwined understanding. I cannot stress that enough. So I hope you take some time this week to take care of your brain to really putting the effort in into harnessing your attention and taking care of powering up your brain, taking care of your mental state. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I would love for you to leave a review over at Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. And again, if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to rewiredglobal.com and learn how you can deepen your understanding on how to rewire your brain, how to work more effectively, how to have more freedom at work. And yeah, happy to see you over there. All right, wherever you are in the world, bye, beautiful people. Have a wonderful day or evening.